Hello, and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, we got some snow here. We did. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah. I, I was, uh, for some reason, Charlie was set on the idea that on December 1st, snow comes. And she had, she's been telling me this for like two weeks. I can't wait. It's going to be December and then it snows. And I kept saying, honey, I don't know where you got the idea that it always snows on December 1st, but that's She's not... She's been around for a few Decembers now. Yeah. And I said, that's <laughs> not generally here. That doesn't... I mean, it might, but probably not. So don't don't get your hopes up. We wake up on the morning of December 1st and mm-hmm. there's a couple inches of snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. So... You got a psychic baby. Apparently. Yeah. Apparently. And forever now, by the way, this has been reinforced. That, yeah, yes, now that's for every December. Yes. On December 1st, we have to, we start checking the advent calendar for prizes. We check to see where the elf on the shelf moved and it snows. It's a pretty good day. Mm-hmm. Where did the elf on the shelf move? Um, wherever Justin woke up in the middle of the night and remembered <laughs> to move it. <laughs> No, no, we're trying to take turns. It's a hard habit to get into, um, mm-hmm. but we're trying to. I woke up li- literally the other night at 3 a.m. and went, oh, crap, and had to get out of bed and go move the <laughs> Are Are you keeping it safely out of Cooper's reach so it can retain its magic? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. She is always, uh, our elf uh, is, na- <laughs> so our elf is, um, last year her name was Clarice. Although both the girls call her Clorice. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's not right. Um, so Clorice. But then this year, it's the same elf, and she's wearing the same dress, uh, but they wanted to rename her, so they they renamed her. It, I was so close to the best names. So I, I asked both the girls, well, both of you offer up some suggestions, and let's work on it together. Let's, let's cooperate and come up with a name together to rename the elf. And... Uh, Charlie says something, I forget something at first and went, no, that's not it. And Cooper says, what about TV? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, and so I'm thinking like, she's naming it something she loves. (laughs) TV. And I'm like, well, I don't know about TV. And Charlie says, well, we could call her TV, but it's short for, uh, Tiffany Ventriloquist. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, well, I do love Tiffany Ventriloquist. So if we want to name our elf on the shelf Tiffany Ventriloquist, I'm on board with that. And she was like, no, no, that's not that's not Christmassy enough. We need something like Snowflake Ronnie. (laughs) What about Snowflake Ronnie? And I was like, yes. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how you topped Tiffany Ventriloquist TV for short, (laughs) but you did with Snowflake Ronnie. And I love this and we're doing it. And then she was like. No, let's just call her Snowflake. And I'm like, well, you can call her Snowflake. But to me, (laughs) she is Snowflake Ronnie. Oh, Snowflake Ronnie. So that's our elf, Snowflake Ronnie. Wow. Snowflake Ronnie. Yeah. I made like a duct tape trail from where she was one day up to the top of the tree to show where she climbed duct tape to get herself to the top of the tree. That's pretty good. Yeah. Now he's got to do like... 25 more of those i know i realized like why did i do this early why didn't i save this for closer closer to the final day when the elf that the snitches on you leaves now that i mean does the elf have mm. to move magically every night is that part of the game yes there's because well you know the thing is that the elf watches you all day and then reports back to santa every night Oh, okay. So then it comes back in the middle of the night. Yes. It, before you it, wake up. It uses its elf magic to fly to Santa, tell Santa if you've been naughty or nice, and then come home. So it's, I mean, it's a little snitch in your house. It's a weird psychological control thing going on. <laughs> yeah, they love and hate the elf. Is... Yeah, it's like that, that documentary we watched about that clown that was fake oh. that said you could hire him to, like, come scare your kids if they're being bad. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah. the the more acceptable version of that. (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's a lot to have to keep up with, I will say. Yeah. Yeah. The the elf on the shelf. Um, How did this catch on? It it sounds like it's only so much fun for the kids and just awful for the parents. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, I... 
I don't know how this happens where you see it around you and I probably like pre-kids I saw it out in the world and was like I'd never do that and then one day you look around and there's an elf on your shelf and you don't know why or how it happened <laughs> you just know that now you're that parent and this is part there's of your life now your and I don't know why on the on a better note, we also built gingerbread houses out of pop tarts, and I was actually proud of that. Like this is this is a holiday activity I felt that's good, good about. Oh, yes, that's, that's like good. a gingerbread house that you could actually eat. Yeah, I felt really good about it. I made royal icing just out of like water and confectioner sugar. I know that's not re- real royal icing. Before I get emails, like I know that's not the real thing. It works, but when it gets hard, it's like super glue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard. That, <laughs> if you want to eat these Pop-Tarts, they are hard now. Oh, well, that's no fun. That's the great disappointment of a gingerbread house is you make something that looks so delicious, but in the process, you make it so inedible. <laughs> so stale and, and sticky mm-hmm. and hard. And it just yeah, had I, hands everywhere. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, and these... So I didn't, I really was trying to just kind of do it on a whim. So like I bought some Pop-Tarts and I was like, I, everything else, I know we have some confectioner sugar. I, we probably have some candy laying around or something we can stick on it. <laughs> we'll get some stuff and stick it on it. Sure. And uh, among the candy that they found in our house were some pixie sticks that oh, mom no. bought. Oh, I do no. not buy them pixie sticks. Mom bought them pixie sticks. So they decided to just dump pixie sticks all over them. Mm-hmm. So that became part of it. Man. <laughs> wow. These just sound See? gross. <laughs> just, just straight up, ew. <laughs> I don't know. I'd eat them, is what I'm saying. I'd eat them. Oh, you still would? I I would. I mean, they're brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tarts. Are you sure you don't just want a Pop-Tart? I do. The, the girls don't like the brown sugar cinnamon, so I bought them to make the houses out of. So that you could eat them? <laughs> and I really want one. <laughs> well, you know, the good thing is, is now you have this tiny snitch in your house that you can then blame things on so if mm. a couple bites get taken out of one of the gingerbread houses <sighs> you know after after a few too many craft beers uh you can just blame the elf it wasn't me it was <laughs> snowflake ronnie it was snowflake ronnie <laughs> oh snowflake ronnie they, they only eat uh pop tart gingerbread houses that's true for elves that is what they live on <laughs> It is it is terrifying though now that Cooper understands the premise of the elf when they were still calling the elf Clarice. Mm-hmm. Now if Cooper thinks I'm being naughty, Cooper will just look at me and go, "Clarice is watching." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't think I like that she's watching me. Oh. I am not her intended how, audience. How would you feel if she said, "Snowflake Ronnie is watching"? <laughs> <laughs> now that I would like. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I think I, I think without context of who we're talking about, if a small child told me that somebody named Snowflake Ronnie was watching me, <laughs> I would immediately be horrified. <laughs> I'm gonna get a second elf th- so that the other one can be Tiffany Ventriloquist. Yeah. <laughs> now they have two elves. They have one at mom's house and they have one at your house. But the one at mom's house is always Tippy. Tippy. Yes. Mm. Tippy. Mm-hmm. Tippy is watching. <laughs> Charlie used to hate Tippy. She used yeah. to get angry. She used to cry when she would see Tippy. <laughs> yeah. What? She got it at first. Yeah. She got what it was. It's like, <laughs> oh no. Not understand this. This is a horrible tradition. I don't understand this. I mean, it is. I'm not arguing the, that it's great. I don't know. Like again, I am participating in it. And if you want to ask why I ever made that decision, <laughs> I mean, I think the truth is probably that mom did it first, and then I felt like oh, now I've got to do it to be a good parent because yeah. mom did it. That's probably how this came down. Holiday tradition of indoctrinating your youth into living in a surveillance police state. (laughs) (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Happy holidays. (laughs) What are we talking about, Tay? (laughs) Uh, Not not this. Uh, I want to talk about the Animaniacs. Uh, Yay. Cartoon from our youth. It ran from 93 to 98. Uh, mm-hmm. And then more recently, just this year, was released. Uh, the uh, new season was released on Hulu. So uh, that was very exciting when I saw. It. Did you see the commercial too when they announced the new season? No. And they did it. It was like a uh, 
um, Jurassic Park style. Oh, wait, I did see that. Yes. I didn't see that. Yes. Oh, it's so good. It's it's very it's very it's very good. Mm-hmm. You've seen Jurassic Park, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, it would it wouldn't really land if you haven't. Okay. I I like that. That's because I think that when you when you watch on Hulu, that's the first thing that runs is that uh, Jurassic Park bit, and then it goes into the show. Um, ah. Yeah. But uh, I I like that they kind of like well, here's a joke that is actually more applicable to the adult audience that were children. When mm-hmm. we, but but hopefully it will still land with the actual kids, which I don't think it would. They kind of walk that line in the new one of like, uh, here's some jokes that only will make sense to the old people that are watching this ch- children's show. <laughs> they definitely know, uh, like a lot of these kind of reboots, they know where the, like the people that are going to tune in first, they know who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they've got our number. Uh, what they're hoping is that enough of, of enough of us have children that it will trickle down to the kids. Well, and just uh, as a a, a brief, in case you've never encountered the Animaniacs, what is it? It's just a, it's sort of a sketch comedy show, really. Like, it's a, there are three, you know, your three stars, which are the the two Warner brothers and the Warner sister Dot, and uh, they just got into shenanigans. There were other sort of bits that were regular occurrences on the show, uh, and mm-hmm. it was meant for kids, but like a lot of that 90s era, you know, cartoons had a lot of adult humor fed into it. Um, you might say that just for fun, they sort of like run around the Warner movie lot. Yeah. And uh, and they they would get locked in a tower whenever they got caught. Um, <laughs> but sometimes so now, you know, the, the plot, well, they, they'd break <laughs> loose and then vamoose. <laughs> And uh, Bill Clinton played the sex. <laughs> Boy, that they had to change that. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a weird, like now in 2020, like also, Riley, you remember former <laughs> President Bill Clinton? Here's not him even, playing a saxophone. Not even so much explaining it to like people, because I will say the original Animaniacs was still slightly before me. I never watched it growing up. It was a little bit before my time. But like Charlie... Charlie watching it now. I'm like, Charlie, let me tell you about <laughs> President Bill Clinton. <laughs> well, because the original Animaniacs even had a lot of jokes that referenced, like, old Hollywood. Yes. So that was, like, there was a learning curve there for our generation when you'd watch it, and they'd make some reference to, like, you know, I don't know, uh, Humphrey Bogart or something, and when you're, like, 10, like, oh, sure, I know, <laughs> I know about him. Like, <laughs> it's I was thinking about that. It's weird how that landed because I did enjoy Animaniacs and I was thinking about that watching it like I don't I still only sort of know sometimes who they're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because I mean it it was so before our time. Um and it is weird. It reminds me of you know on SNL when they would do sketches about like the Lawrence Welk show. And I would think like why are you doing a sketch about the Lawrence Welk show? Like there is no I am among the older people watching this show and we I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) it it, it was like that but it worked I mean it was funny I don't know why I thought it was funny when I was a kid but I did well you get the idea uh like that the the writers on this show there was a lot that was written for kind of their own enjoyment (laughs) so you know Mm -hmm. for a generation of like people that were in their 30s in the 90s I guess they would have reference points that could have been from that, you know, older era of Hollywood that would have made sense to them. And it's just like, oh, just leave it in. It's funny to us. <laughs> I think I think that's definitely true. Well, and I mean, that's why, like, I would learn things from the Animaniacs about, like, one of the things I always remember knowing because of the Animaniacs is about the presidents. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're going to say. Uh, I remember talking to my talking to our dad once and saying, well, I know that former president Gerald Ford used to fall down a lot. <laughs> and Gerald Ford <laughs> fell down a lot. <laughs> and my dad saying, dad was like, yeah, like Chevy Chase on Saturday Night Live. And I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I just know that. Gerald Ford did, in fact, fall down a lot. That is, did Gerald Ford fall down a lot? I think he did one time. <laughs> That's the thing. I Hold don't, on. Let me go to Google. 
I think that's the one fact that I would fact is the fact that I would say that I know about Gerald Ford. <laughs> if you type in did Gerald Ford, the first thing that fills in is follow up. I mean, there I think there was like one famous fall when he was like getting on a plane or something maybe. I don't know. Ford I might be takes making a fall this up. is in the top ten embarrassing diplomatic moments. Well, so so he did fall. So it was while visiting Austria in 1975, his knee gave away and he tumbled down the Air Force One stairs. Oh, see, I knew it was a plane thing. Oh, uh, if a few more falls combined with Chevy Chase's Saturday Night Live pratfall routine, there you go. There you go. Uh, earned the former University of Michigan football star a reputation as a bumbling klutz. <laughs> That's not my words. I'm reading out of my article. But there you go. That's why Dad said Chevy Chase. Uh, those were the good old days when we used to make fun of our presidents for, like, being Falling. clumsy as opposed to, like, attempts at fascist coups. Uh, just, you know. <laughs> just, oops, I did a coup. It's just oh, no. so charming. Just, uh, it, you know, but along those lines, it is interesting because in the new... Animaniacs. They take on Donald Trump right away. Um, and now, of course, it was all made in 2018. Yes. So so it is made without a knowledge of how bad things would get. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe like with this kind of freedom to still make fun of Donald Trump. Not that you I'm, I'm not saying you can't make fun, make fun of Donald Trump all you want. But my point is like, I think that now it would be harder to do that because Donald Trump is was seen over time as more and more of a threat mm-hmm. and less ridiculous. Yeah. Because you know, mm-hmm. whereas like early on in his presidency, for a lot of people it was like, well, this guy's just ridiculous. Yeah. And the Animaniacs can take that that kind of track with him. Mm-hmm. Well and I do I, I think it's you know, I mean they <laughs> the new intro uh they they change a couple lines and I, they they make a point of saying that they've always been you know meta and that like kind of like preempting for like we always did we we always made fun of political figures of our time like you know we always kind of there was a general awareness of like you know uh, society in the old Animaniacs so it would not be there in the reboot so I, I like that they kind of prepared as like yes this is what we do we're not oh, we're trying to appeal to, like, a woke audience. It's like, they, they always did. <laughs> they always had a, mm-hmm. a, a political agenda of a certain certain degree. It is funny, though, when you think about that, because then it's very, and it is, to me, watching it comes across very much as one of those cartoons where, like, you know that the parents are going to have to be watching with the kids, so you throw all the stuff in there that is just kind of stupid so the kids laugh at it, but then you have all, like, the more topical jokes that are more for adults just mm-hmm. for the parents like we know you're ha- having to watch this too this is this is for you, <laughs> but, you know, i think uh one, one episode that in the new that i thought was really interesting uh was uh the 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 bunny episode do y'all get that far mm, i don't think i watched the bunny episode there, i don't remember it's a, well it's a skit that's about the a guy that's offering them that he keeps calling them buns and they're little bunnies, mm-hmm. and then they mm-hmm. have too many buns, and they need like it's a it's an epidemic of 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 bun violence, and so oh. they call in people from Australia. Well, actually, I think it's kangaroos to do a bun buyback program, and oh yeah, Riley okay. just <laughs> <laughs> and I was watching like how long is this joke gonna go on? Oh, this is the whole episode. And it was kind of like I was surprised that they would that they would go that far into like this, you know, alluded to, I mean, thinly veiled metaphor for for the gun problem in America that they're like, we're just going to write a whole skit about it and make parents have to have a conversation with their kids (laughs) about this. Well. I mean, I think that that I think that's pretty powerful because I didn't I missed something in um, it was in maybe the first episode of the new series where uh, Dot was whitewashing a fence Mm -hmm. when they were singing about um, Hollywood just rebooting the same thing over and over again because we don't have any new ideas. Uh, She was whitewashing the fence next to a poster of like it was like old boy or something. Oh, yeah. But it was 
Yes. So, but I mean, it was a commentary on Hollywood whitewashing films. Mm-hmm. And I like, I totally missed it. And yeah. Justin like was like, did you just see what that was? And we like ran it back to watch it again. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> did you just put that in there? Because like, I know kids wouldn't get it, but mm-hmm. I did not take that opportunity at that moment. We were to, about to talk to Charlie uh, Cooper. <laughs> Well, I will, though, when they're a little older and would understand yeah. what the heck I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, I, I also I appreciated their their episode about Marie Antoinette, too. Like they have, you know, an episode about how they're they're just, you know, like, I don't know, townsfolk and they uh, are hungry and they, you know, disguise their way into Marie Antoinette's court so they can eat all, all of her cake. And then basically in, in, in invoke a proletariat uprising uh, against Marie Antoinette. Um, and it does allude to her death. It's pretty dark, actually. But it's like, <laughs> for kids, it's just like the zany history lesson you get from that is like, oh, sometimes rich people have more cake than they should have. So you have every right to take it from them. <laughs> it's like, good. Yeah. <laughs> Teach the youth that. That's a good lesson. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Anyway, here's some more uh, jokes about falling down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to talk some more about why this series appealed to you so much in the beginning and everything, Tay. But before we do that, let's check the group message. Uh, the first thing I want to tell you all about, man, this has become like a weekly tradition where I sit my two siblings down to tell them about my pants. Yeah. <laughs> you love to hear about your pants every week. Yep. <laughs> Hello. Let me tell you about my pants. Uh, my pants are Beta Brands dress pant yoga pants. Uh, I love these pants because they are as comfortable as if I'm wearing like workout gear or pajamas or yoga pants. All the things you would wear yoga pants for because they're super comfortable and movable and breathable and like you feel good in them. Beta Brands dress pant yoga pants can do all that for you while you look like a stylish professional. So you get the best of both worlds. Um, They're great for going to work for those of you who are still working outside your home, all those essential workers out there who have long, hard days. And, you know, it can be a little uncomfortable sometimes. I know what it's like to wear a mask all day. Um, So at least keep your butt and legs comfortable in Beta Brands Dress Pant (laughs) Yoga Pants. (laughs) Uh, while, you're, while you're wearing your mask. Um, they, uh, they're so functional. You can move in them. They're wrinkle resistant. They're made of this stretch knit fabric. They're great for long days out in the working world or if you're working at home, you know, you, you want to dress up for work even if you're working at your computer uh, so that you can get in that, in that right headspace, that right mindset and uh, Beta Brand's got you covered. So uh, Riley, if our listeners want to check out these, my pants. Your pants. My pants. Where should they go? <laughs> Well, right now, our listeners can get 25% off their first order when you go to betabrand.com slash buffering. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com slash buffering. Find out why people everywhere are ditching typical work pants for beta beta brands dress pant yoga pants. Go to betabrand.com slash buffering for 25% off. Taylor, we have a Jumbotron. Yes, we do. Uh, This week, we've got a Jumbotron for... Ali Tyrion from Drew Blacious. And uh, says, Ali, I'm so full of excitement as we take our next big step together in our first home. Love you always and looking forward to making many more memories together. Drew. P.S. Dr. Sydney rules. Well, okay. <laughs> well, I want to say thank you to Drew for making Taylor say that. <laughs> Thanks, Drew. <laughs> But uh, well, congratulations, Ali and Drew. Yeah. Yes. Congratulations, you two. I hope it's great. It worked out. Justin and I moved in together. I still remember our first night in our apartment. We ate Chinese food um, and didn't unpack anything. It was great. <laughs> that was a great story, Sid. It was. We sat on the floor and ate Chinese food and refused to unpack any boxes because we were tired. But I mean, it all worked out in the end. <laughs> We eventually unpacked those boxes. Oh, good. I was waiting for that. I never knew if they got unpacked. We don't still live there either. We've moved since then. But it was great at yeah. the time. I think every- Congratulations, Allie and Drew. <laughs> Everybody has that first night in a new house or apartment where you don't have to, you, you have the freedom to not do any work. You just get to like eat food on the floor and celebrate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've yeah. done that before. Then we made a stool top out of bottle caps once. I don't know. Well, it's. You know, <laughs> not everybody does that. 
<laughs> anyway, congratulations. It's a wonderful yeah. step. It's big. It's important. It's beautiful. It's great. Uh, thank you both. And anyway, Animaniacs. So, uh, Tay, you said something before we started recording, and I, I hadn't really thought about it this way, but it really occurred to me that Animaniacs um, was sort of like sketch comedy. And when you referred to it that way, it clicked that, oh, it is like sketch comedy sort of for mm-hmm. kids. And it, I don't think I, it had occurred like how much like that it is. Yeah, I, well, it's the parallel to SNL, I think, is kind of is kind of spot on because it, it didn't have like the format of a lot of cartoons at the time where you had a half an hour episode and two 15 minute or 10 minute kind of cartoons within that. Right. Like that's how kind of Tiny right. Toons worked is you had sort of a wrap around it and then you had two segments, sometimes one big segment. But that was kind of it. But with Animaniacs, mm-hmm. you never knew what segments you were going to get. They'd have little short jokes. They had little like. Like, do you remember the good idea, bad ideas? Yes. Like those, those were so creepy, too. That weird little skeleton character that didn't look like any of the other designs on the show. But mm-hmm. it was just the creation of one of the people that worked on the show. And they're like, sure, put it in. Like, it had that, that free form sort of creativity to it that I think, you know, you it was really, that was what really drew me to it, I think, as a kid, is that it just... You know, if you didn't like one character, that's okay because there were new characters all the time. There were different bits they'd go back to. It was that was really fun and 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 I think put it separated it from everything else. I think that's so true, and that that really hits on the difference between because even though they tended to like, I feel like they aired like back to back Tiny Toons and Animaniacs. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the time they were on close together, and. I, I, you could compare them, except in my head at the time, they were distinctly different shows. They had very little in common. And mm-hmm. I think that's really what you're talking about there. And I hadn't thought about that. Um, it also allowed for things like, I know now, Charlie and Cooper, like, w- they've mainly seen the new Animaniacs. We had shown them some of the old Animaniacs before, um, before we knew it was coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we've shown them just the new ones more recently. I think that's all Cooper's ever seen. But Charlie loves... The when the Yakko, Wacko, and Dot are there, like mm-hmm. those those segments, um, that's really all she wants to watch. Whereas Cooper is obsessed with Pinky and the Brain, and yeah. will sit through the Animaniacs <laughs> parts so that she can get to a Pinky and the Brain. Of course. <laughs> and she'll, I mean, like all the time, she'll be sitting there playing or drawing, and all of a sudden, I'll hear her over there going Pinky and the Brain, 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 Brain. <laughs> <laughs> I uh it makes sense. I love that. I god, Pinky and the Brain was always good, but the the reboots, those episodes are great. I loved the one where uh Brain invents a robot son and then he sings he sings that song Bonding. <laughs> bonding. <laughs> you don't know how to hug Bonding. That's a feature not a bug. Like it's just It's like is that not what you hope as a parent, right? That you, you hope your kids like functional and smart and great in the world, but actually you hope that they're weird in the same way you're weird. <laughs> I thought it was uh really interesting that they uh they played with the whole um when he was trying to hypnotize everybody through use of a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. And and like that whole idea of like using it as a metaphor for if you do something that's cute or funny, maybe, but if you look ridiculous, everybody will watch that. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as someone else does something ridiculous, that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. It was all, it was, but it, I don't know. I thought it was all really well done. Yeah. And funny. Well, and I think that I, you know, you always worry with these reboots, especially when they're going to make jokes about like, oh, all the, now there are the, there are tiny phones that have brains in them. Like, oh, it's the modern age. <laughs> like that humor can be pretty clunky. But like, mm-hmm. I think because Animaniacs always was this sort of goofy mirror reflecting like what was going on in the, in the real world, it still holds up. Like the, those jokes still fly in the same way that they did, you know, back in the 90s. Yeah. Um, I was, I, I really was surprised, uh, how hard they went on, um, Donald Trump. But I also thought like when he is the Cyclops, <laughs> when he's the giant orange Cyclops, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I actually thought it was pretty good just having something as visual as like, here is a giant orange Cyclops who clearly has one eye talking about his two beautiful eyes. Yeah. 
I have two. When he says that, I thought like, well, that's kind of a good illustration for younger people. Like, see, he's obviously lying. <laughs> <laughs> see, there it is. He has you, one eye, and you he just that? said he has two. I, I did. I said, to say Charlie. I did. I said, see, yeah. this, they're they're joking because Donald Trump lies, which are, she already knows that. Um, yeah. <laughs> she she for some reason was drawing the other day and brought to me a picture of a the poop emoji mm-hmm. with Donald Trump's face oh. on it. So. That she drew. I would love to see how she draws his face. I'll show you. It's it's mainly just like um, an angry face that's orange. That's mm. fair. It's a good, yeah, <laughs> good, good. That's that's <laughs> accurate. visual language in the middle of a poop emoji. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> the past four years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and I and I, I liked. Um, yeah, I like that they didn't. They didn't show him in office. They didn't give him any sort of framing as this is the president. It was legit. It was like, mm-hmm. this is a ridiculous caricature that is also highly accurate. <laughs> um, there was a lot of uh, a lot of body hair being shown, by the way, on Odysseus. Yeah, yeah, there was. That was that was a point. <laughs> Sorry. I just kept getting distracted by like. Let's talk. Okay, let's talk about that. Is there, <laughs> am I seeing pubic hair? <laughs> I did that not. Did that not throw anybody for a second? No, I was not looking at the animated pubic I was, hair. What? Yes, <laughs> I was not looking in that area. I I thought like you were. I was not anyway. looking for that. Uh, I was distracted by how hairy all of the naked people were. Well, <laughs> well not naked, but like skimpily clad. Were, were you watching the right show? And what, were you watching it for the right reasons? <laughs> I just I got distracted by yeah, that. Okay, well. Alright. All right. Uh, I I like the that, that episode not not for the, I guess, the, the, the titillating body hair. Uh, <laughs> that was one of my favorite bits in, in Old School Animaniacs is when they would throw at you some like historical character that you wouldn't really expect a kid to know that much about and kind of you know they they didn't wouldn't bother themselves too much with the facts but they tell you enough that you would have a framing so that then when you like encountered that in your history mm-hmm, book mm-hmm. you kind of had an idea of what you were coming across like I, I still remember like the Magellan song or the, the Magellan episode where they tell you all about like Magellan like that you yeah. know maybe I didn't know the nuances but it's still like set up there was a lot of education in the show that mm-hmm. was always a feature you know, there was, and I, I will say that, like, I think there was something really progressive in the idea of some of the, like, irreverence that they would show uh, for historical figures and, like, these stories in a way that, like, at the time, it, it was very subversive to say, hey, these stories that you're learning in history class, maybe, maybe like, the facts are there, but the way they're being presented to you is not the truth is mm-hmm. not the whole story. Like there are a lot of other ways to look at this. I, I mean, I, I really feel like Animaniacs set up historical tales that way for mm-hmm. like what we understand now to look back at, at the way that we were taught history. I know that I was taught history in high school as like this completely one-sided, very like white centric sort of view of what happened and mm-hmm. who was right and who was wrong and who won and who lost and all this kind of stuff. Um, the Animaniacs were already, they weren't talking about that, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the way that they, you look at like this powerful historical figure and kind of make fun of them. I think you're setting the stage for that, like restructuring of your understanding of like real events. Well, I, I want to say that I, I do think that that, they were they were attempting something very purposeful with the origins of Animaniacs, you know, like have all the like, you know, the violent cartoon humor and the funny uh, uh, animation and the jokes that kind of keep kids watching. But then also throw in history, throw in information, throw in a way at looking at history that could shape somebody's worldview that I think was effective for a, for a generation of people, you know, that mm-hmm. it's like you could be informed, but. Like, also, yeah, you don't have to have reverence for these figures just because they're historical. I mean, that it is, again, like like a kid's animated SNL. 
I mean, mm-hmm. taking ridiculous caricatures of historical or current figures and like there is a little there is a little bit of a basis of fact there somewhere <laughs> of things yeah. that have happened but it, it's it's a character and it's exaggerated but yeah i hadn't thought about it that way um but that is true they did that with trump also mm-hmm. yeah they don't they uh, i think i think you can do that so easily with um cartoon characters who are supposed to be like their whole thing is that they're constantly making jokes about everything. Mm-hmm. They're never taking anything seriously. And so they don't have to take anyone seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that gives you so much freedom of movement to like, well, I mean, I know this sounds like a little melodramatic, but to kind of speak truth to power. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. you can do that a yeah. little easier if you're doing it through the face and voice of a cartoon character, you know, whose whole job is like, well, I'm just cartoon cartoon character. I'm just here to make fun of things. Mm -hmm. Like that's my job. Well, that's what I thought their, their little bit about uh, Russian interference in the election was probably Mm -hmm. the funniest interpretation of that, that bit of knowledge that I've seen. Like that was definitely, I laughed more on that than anything that I've probably seen on SNL because it was just all of those caricatures, you know, the, the people that were just like, yes, I am super American. And <laughs> what, was what was it? It was like Johnny Thanksgiving or something, the, the, the presidential candidate. Yeah. But I thought that was great. And it was so spot on and smart. And like, I don't like that's that, that was uh, you, you're right. You kind of need that complete ridiculous, like, you know, viewfinder to look through for that. But and now what? I know I've looked this up before because Justin and I have had this conversation before what Steven Spielberg had to do with the Animaniacs. Because it says that, right? Like produced by or brought to you or something like from the original. He was very, very hands on in the creation of it. Like he was the one who set the the guideline that there needed to be a song every episode. Uh, And he would have like weekly meetings where... You know, in the middle of him making, like, Indiana Jones and, like, all these giant properties, he would sit down and, like, talk through, like, okay, what are Yakko Echo and Dot going to be doing this week? <laughs> like, he was he was involved with a lot of the, the ideas of it. Uh, it was originally mm-hmm. meant, so Tiny Toons came first, and then they were going to do a spinoff of Tiny Toons. The original concept was um, possibly going to star Plucky Duck, which, let's be real, that would have sucked. Uh <laughs> I was never a big Plucky Duck Plucky fan. Duck, <laughs> kind of a jerk. Uh, but then they this the kind of warped into this, uh, and then that that's when you know Spielberg's involvement shaped it. Uh, there's actually the the origin story of Animaniacs. There's a lot of funny moments of like they 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 thought for a minute that they would have them be like three duck brothers. But they decided that there was an oversaturation of ducks at the time in animation. <laughs> you had like, you know, you you had Darkwing Duck and like Ducktales. Duck yeah, you, you had a lot of ducks out there. So like, nah, it can't be ducks. Um, <laughs> That's true when you think about it. Ducks are uh, Donald, funny. Donald Daffy. Ducks are just funny. Ducks are just you inherently really, funny. Why are there so I, many animated ducks? There's lots of ducks. <laughs> ducks are funny to look at, to listen to. Oh, you I got love very them. serious Whoa. about this. Ducks are I. I didn't know you were so passionate about the duck representation. Who doesn't love ducks? Like I see ducks and I'm happy. I mean, I like ducks too. I just, I guess it's accurate that all of the animated ducks are kind of, kind of jerks. But like, I also is that is that true? Well, yeah. I mean, okay, Donald, kind of a jerk sometimes. And Daffy, 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 Scrooge, kind of a jerk sometimes. Scrooge Mick, Mm, Scrooge Mick, Mm hmm. Plucky was was a little baby jerk. Huey, Dewey, and Louie were kind of jerks. Yeah, a lot of the time. I mean, like not so much maybe in more recent, but like they were always giving Uncle Donald a hard time. Dark. Remember that one cartoon where they made ice bullets for their ice cannon and shot them at Uncle Donald? <laughs> that was That's intense. <laughs> I don't remember that, but I don't like that. <laughs> I don't remember that either. <laughs> You know, it says a lot about some of what wow. they remember from the cartoons they watch. I still re- there are people out there who remember this cartoon. They're playing in the snow. They make like an uh, snow fort and they make these anyway. Wow. <laughs> um, I do think it's so funny they, so- if you if you look on Wikipedia, by the way, I was just looking to see what Steven Spielberg uh, was was doing all up in that. It says it's Animaniacs, also known as Steven Spielberg presents yeah, Animaniacs. Yeah, yeah. they bought it. 
Uh, That's I didn't realize that. Do you know why? Like, why was he? He. I mean, it was he. He wanted to have a a kid show. Like this was he kind of envisioned this just as much as I don't know anything else. Like he thought this was this thing that should exist. It should be, you know. I could. That's so cool. Uh, well, and then the design that they decided on, they changed it after it was already started animating because they thought it looked too much like a distorted Mickey Mouse, <laughs> which it was kind of based on. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Uh, they actually, one of the, the earliest examples may be a viral marketing. They put a giant wacko on top of the Warner Brothers uh, water tower before the show launched. And I guess the, mm-hmm. the, the message didn't get around to all the studio heads because somebody reported it thinking it was a Mickey Mouse, like, thing. Oh my yeah, gosh. like some sort of prank and had it taken down. <laughs> what, a, do you know, is there any, are they supposed to be any sort of, like, animal known species? That's what no, I was wondering. They, 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 they say what they are, which is like cartoonist animus or something. Like, they're just, you know, sometimes okay. they're interpreted as dogs, sometimes not uh but just charlie has asked me that probably 30 times mm-hmm. and every time i say they're not really any animal honey it's not they're just you know funny characters and then she'll come to me later and go really what are the animaniacs <laughs> like really <laughs> as if like i just okay fine you asked enough i'll tell you the truth <laughs> you're old enough now you're old enough now you to know, know. There were originally four uh animaniac siblings uh, Warner no. siblings. Yeah, there was uh, they originally Yaki, Wacky, Smacky, and Dot. And there was like, so, you know, Yaki became Yakko, Dot was mm-hmm. Dot, but they merged the two middle siblings because one was like sort of like the angry, like cynical one in a backwards hat, and then Wacky was Wacky, and so they, they actually merged them together to create Wacko. So he got the design of the, the cool, you know, whatever... Mm-hmm. cynical sibling but was also wacky <laughs> and, ga- and gave him that sort of like liverpudlian accent well, this there. is funny too so when they were auditioning the voices uh you know a lot of them they kind of already knew who was going to get the part but it was the that was the hardest voice for them to figure out was who was going to be wacko because all of the auditions they kept getting were people that were like oh his name's wacko so i'm just gonna do the wackiest voice they're like we hate all of these these all are terrible <laughs> like stop and so that's some. So, that, so they just were like, do, like do a impression of this of a couple celebrities, and we'll just see if one sticks. And the guy who eventually got the part did an impression of like a Beatles esque like Ringo Starr voice. And they're like, okay, that 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 works. Let's do that. Yeah, it's so weird that it works, but it does. It does. Who would have predicted right. that? But uh, but yeah. No, and it, it does undercut that he is going to be the wacky one. You know. So that it's not ridiculous. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, because he I seems so laid back yeah, and I think chill. He's maybe and the then... least wacky of the, the the Warner brothers and sister. I don't know. Um, he doesn't have meat but, uh, in his pants. He doesn't have true. pants though. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that's, that's why cartoons don't get pants because you, you do irresponsible things to them, like store baloney there. That's that that is they do follow in the grand cartoon tradition of like posing more questions than answers by putting Yakko in a pair of pants, uh, Wacko in just a shirt and a ball cap, and Dot in just a tutu. Mm-hmm. Just do with all that what you will. <laughs> I I like the change, the subtle change in the lyrics of the opening from a uh, Dot is cute and. Yakko Yaks to Dot has wit and Yakko Yaks. Yes. Yes. Oh, that is a really I good point. I noticed that. that too. Yeah. I, I, I appreciated that too. Because uh, I, I do think that was true. Well, Dot sometimes would do that like, aw shucks, I'm so adorable thing. That was not the main thing I remember about that character. Mm-hmm. And so it was nice to see that, you know, modernized. Who are we? Now, there are three siblings. So we, there are three of us. <laughs> Um. Well, I always like to ask this question whenever we have a piece of media that has three. I guess you're probably Dot. I think that's okay. safe to say. 
Okay. If there's if there's one of us who occasionally likes to be adorable, <laughs> oh, I wish I wish that the audience could see the pose that Riley had as she asked that question. Like, ooh, 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 I know. Who are we as I lean on my feast. <laughs> I just want to know. Am I the cute one? I'm just a little baby. Am who I am I? I'm a cute one with well with wit. <laughs> if wit. And a flower. <laughs> I like a yeah, flower. Yeah, you're not. Never mind. No, you're definitely not. I think the toss-up is is between the the, the Yakko and Wacko for Sydney and I. Because I think my my impulse is to say, well, clearly Sydney's Yakko because that's the eldest sibling and kind of the leader. Mm-hmm. But then I, I mean, I guess if that's probably <laughs> well, if you if you, I would say that I would argue that Wacko was the coolest. He did have that backwards baseball cap. Well, if Wacko's the coolest, then Taylor's Wacko. Right. Well, that no, I was go- I was not. If yeah. one of us were going to be voiced by a bad Ringo Starr impression, I think we know who it would be. <laughs> I I think I think that that makes sense. That I would be Yakko, Tay would be Wacko, and you would be Dot. Sure. I think I, I accept that. I think. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to find. I was just wondering because some you know like we all watched that that new Christmas movie with Kristen Stewart. And we mm-hmm. couldn't figure out there are three sisters there. Couldn't figure out there's no, there's no correlation there. Well, I think that's because, I mean, if you guys were like me, you just wanted to be Jane. I was going to say, I think the problem there is that two of the sisters kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, just I didn't really want to be any Jane. of them except no, for Jane. I like Jane and then Aubrey Plaza. And uh, I related to uh-huh. Kristen Stewart, but that was, yeah. you know, <laughs> sorry, Sloan and Harper. Or- or Dan yeah. Levy. <laughs> that that yeah. too. Yeah. There were lots of good options there. Yeah. <laughs> that weren't Sloan um, and Harper. It's true. Uh well, this was this was fun and it's been fun watching yeah. Animaniacs with uh Charlie and Cooper. So thank you. Yeah, Tay. No, absolutely. And I think if you're if you're of in my age range or not I honestly and you haven't watched the new yet because like a lot of those old properties you're worried it's not going to live up to what you remember it as I think that the the, the reboot really does it's it's fun it's irreverent mm-hmm. it's it's fast paced I, I think my favorite maybe in joke of an old fan is that they make fun of the fact that Chicken Boo was the worst bit on the show <laughs> and they definitely yes. point that out uh, so yeah I highly recommend it I uh, I agree. I, I think it's quite enjoyable, and the kids liked it so far. Like it, it just like the old one. I don't understand exactly why it appeals to kids. You feel <laughs> like it shouldn't because it so appeals to me as an adult. Mm-hmm. But I loved it when I was a kid, and my kids love it now. So it obviously works. And I'm an adult watching it all for the first time ever, and I That's still great. enjoyed it. So so fun for the whole family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's next, Riley? Okay, everybody get ready. It's it's December. You know what that means. Everybody's putting out lots of Christmas movies oh, and most no. of them are questionable. So I want to talk about both the princess switches because the <laughs> first one came out last year and we didn't talk about it. The second one just came out and the first one had Vanessa Hudgens playing two different characters. Mm-hmm. And now this one, from what I understand, has her playing at least three characters, but maybe four I only have seen three so far, but I didn't finish it yet. So I saw someone on Twitter say four. Sydney said three. I haven't watched the second one yet. There's no new Christmas Prince this year for us to talk about. Mm-mm. So see, I, I I knew there wasn't a new Christmas Prince, so I thought I was going to get out of the the, the no. forced need to watch these this kind of movie. But all right, okay, <laughs> all right. I love these. It introduces two countries that don't exist. I love it. I love it so much. And they're always like these uh, vaguely sort of European-esque where people still have what I would consider British accents, Mm -hmm. but also they're distinct countries. Yeah. Well, (laughs) very fun. Very excited. Is this part of the... The most important thing is that they're quaint and snowy. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Is this part of the extended universe of the... I guess we'll get into this because I think there's some overlap here as to the Christmas Prince, the Christmas Switch... There's a an, an, yes. an EU going on here. There is, <laughs> and I think one of them overlaps with the real the real world, our world, oh, okay. our world. Right. So I don't. Yeah, is, is this the real world? That's a good is question. This fantasy? <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> we're caught in a landslide. No escape from reality. Yeah, well, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> Do we keep going to the headbanging? No. Okay. <laughs> I think we're reaching, you know, we're going to break copyright rules. I know. Where can we go? Uh, thank you both. <laughs> thank you, listeners. Um, I hope you're all doing well out there, staying safe, and um, wearing your masks. And uh, thank you to Maximum Fun, the network of which we are a part. You should go to MaximumFun.org for a lot of wonderful shows that you would enjoy. Uh, you can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at StillBuffering at MaximumFun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am too. too. Did you even know that Bill Clinton played the sax? Uh, I think I had actually seen that as a joke in like Family Guy before. So that's where I got that from. <laughs> oh no. Every president just gets reduced down to one stupid fact. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it could be worse, I guess. <laughs> one, two, one, two, three. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. We're both doctors, and. Nope, just me. Okay, well, Sydney's a doctor, and I'm a medical enthusiast, and we create. Okay. Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Every week I dig through the annals of medical history to bring you the wildest, grossest, sometimes dumbest tales of ways we've tried to treat people throughout history. And lately we do a lot of modern fake medicine because everything's a disaster, but it's slightly less of a disaster every Friday right here on MaximumFun.org as we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. And remember, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.